Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Superficial Magic, the most magical place on the internet. Um, get really cozy for this one, you guys, because today we have a very special guest who's going to be teaching us a lot that we need to know. Um, she's one of my dearest friends. She's a former executive at Netflix. Now she's an executive at Headspace, for those of you wanting to meditate. It's Dolores Tercini. Hi. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. So maybe like if you think of the name Dolores, you're seeing somebody different than what <laughs> <laughs> that hap- I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot. Yeah, because you're you look like um, you look really. like John Stamos's sister. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably younger sister. Or <laughs> Much younger yeah. sister. You look 19. <laughs> um, Dolores, we have a lot of questions for you. Okay. First off. Um, I met you. By the way, if, if anybody hears like a weird, like kind of licking noise, it's my dog licking my wrist. Her dog is just <laughs> over and over and over licking her wrist like, uh, <laughs> like it's a lollipop. Wow. Okay. Um, I met you at Coachella. Yes. Like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, something like that. Uh, as everybody who listens to Adderall and Compliments knows, I have an addiction to dating actors, uh-huh. and Dolores uh-huh. suffers same, from this same, same common affliction. Um, so I was staying with my boyfriend, who was friends with your boyfriend, uh-huh. and Dolores's boyfriend, you guys, remember Legally Blonde when she moves to be with the guy who went to Harvard? That was Dolores's boyfriend. I mean. Right. <laughs> but, like, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so w- was X, was oh way yes X. way both of those right bye-bye bye-bye yeah. <laughs> very great people lovely mm-hmm. humans just you know <laughs> <Not> for us <laughs> <laughs> we're doing different things yeah um we're trying something new sure so we met at coachella i did not think any cool girls would be in that house right and you didn't either no i was afraid so uh, it was kind of last minute. I got us wristbands and said, hey, do you want to go to Coachella? And he's like, yeah, sure. Actually, I have some friends that are going and I'm going to like I arranged the tickets. He arranged the house, which was kind of a small miracle in itself. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then we drove out there. And so I was like, okay, who's going to be at this house? And he's like telling me the people like the guys that I had met before and like oh and their girlfriend and maybe some friends and I was like oh okay um and so like I pictured in my head it was going to be these like you know which is totally fine like kind of you know very young um very tall very thin um model types who were not going to be interested in having a conversation with me because I was I don't know at the time I guess I was I don't know, 38, how old was I? I don't know, 37, something like that. And uh, and a little bit, like, slightly self-conscious. Um, now I don't give a shit, but then I actually care. Now I'm, like, 41, and it's actually no one cares at this point. So, um, but anyway, so we get there, and I remember walking into the house. It was super, super cool house. We walk in, and the first person I see is Megan, and she kind of, like, is walking towards me and, like, super confident and sticks her hand out and says, hi, I'm Megan. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a cool weekend. So, <laughs> And it was. It was. And I met you and Courtney. Mm-hmm. And now we're, you know, All I'm the friends. Best of yeah. Friends. And the guys are doing their own thing. Yeah, the rest so is history. Are we. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Dolores is, like, slightly buttoned up when she does work and stuff. But then when she's at Coachella, it's like... Wow. It's my happy place. You are. <laughs> it's my happy place. It's the true, it's kind of the true essence of, it's actually kind of 
Well, <clears throat> we talked, I don't want to go too far off what, what we're supposed to talk about, but <clears throat> I think we were going to talk about kind of like different paths and different kind of forks in the road. And for me, actually, the first huge fork in the road of the kind of the journey that I'm on now, like the very, very beginning was actually at Coachella in 2012. Um, there was a day that I had there. Well, it was the, really the weekend, but it was really the last day that I still say is the best day of my life. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that, that, there was a moment and, and kind of like a time in that day where everything just kind of switched, like a light switched off for me. And, okay. Um, so what happened? I don't know. I just had this kind of realization that I, cause I was always wound pretty, I mean, it's still, I mean, you've seen me, I'm running around my house like a crazy person. I'm still wound pretty tight, but I was like, if you can believe it wound even tighter, <laughs> I can't believe it. I just, yeah. you guys. Yeah. It's a miracle that I am. I'm going to embarrass Dolores. She has bought a mansion on the beach with her own damn money. What the hell? It's the most beautiful house I've ever been in. Everything is organized to a degree that I didn't even know was possible. I just opened below your sink. You have your gloves <laughs> folded to like wash dishes like they're perfectly folded yeah, it's a so you're tightly this. tightly wound yeah, but <laughs> this was more intense this was more intense yeah 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 it was even it was even worse and so but and it was about everything it was about like all the things and so yeah this kind of like diverted me and um allowed me to kind of let in a side of myself that I that I don't think I had since I was a kid because when I was a kid I was like everybody when they were a kid you know you're super free and um, well, maybe not everybody, but I was certainly like free and open and just really like, um, I don't know, like definitely a free, free spirit, always very like strong minded, but, uh, and oh, definitely always liked things my way, but, um, I wasn't so like worried about everything. Um, I think that obviously that changed. Um, I had like when my mom died, there was, you know, there was the before and the after of that. And I think the before of that was something that I had always in my adult life had tried to get back into and that was the moment where I kind of like I got back into that person mm. that before person and so um I had always said well so there was a quote that I heard from Rosie O'Donnell of all people but there was this book that I read <laughs> I know it's like things the genius comes from everywhere um, there was a book that I had read called Motherless Daughters um by Hope Edelman when I was a kid when I was like my, my I guess my late teens early 20s um, and then, um, and then there was another book, uh, that she published let, that were letters from people who had read that first book. Uh, and then, and Rosie O'Donnell has been, um, kind of like one celebrity who's, who's kind of talked about it and, uh, about her mother dying and, um, kind of bonding over it. And there was a, a documentary on HBO, um, called the dead, the dead mother's club a few years ago. Anyway, and she talks about it, um, perfectly where she said, uh, before my mother died, everything was in color. And after my mother died, everything was in black and white. Aww. And that was exactly the way that it was for me. And this moment that I had in 2012, everything kind of went back into color. So that's, that's, that would be my, that would be my way to describe it. Wow. It was like, it clicked back into, mm -hmm. uh, life being like a magical yeah. fun. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Thank God. Thank yeah. you, God, for Coachella. Yeah. Thank you for sending us <laughs> Coachella. Um, what? Okay. I have so much stuff written down okay. to talk to you about. Let's this go. is like let's truly insane. Okay. Yeah. Let's start taking the list. Your favorite thing to do. Um, exactly. <laughs> you're going to start ticking it for me okay. like perfectly. Uh, okay. 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 So when you were, I think the age is 32. 30. 30. Mm-hmm. You were not the legend that I'm sitting across from today. No? Fair to say. Fair to say. Yeah. I mean, you're always, you know, your soul was a legend. For sure. But how? <laughs> how and my humility, obviously, was my, my leading quality. How did you get from being like a normal working girl to being a very powerful Hollywood woman? Um, I, I'm not really sure. Um a lot of luck, I think. But, uh, so I, yeah, I was, I was about, I was 30 and I had kind of been, I let me just go back. I'll just give a little kind of quick, um, you know, pre, pre that moment so that we you can kind of have some context. So I moved out to LA when I was about 23. 
I had finished graduate school, so I had a master's degree, but I didn't really have any working experience and I couldn't like get a job. It was this weird thing. So I kind of just fell into some stuff. I fell into recruiting and HR. And so I was doing that for a little while. And then for a few years I went into sales and then I was like working for my brother. And so I was kind of doing these and I was, I was doing fine. Um, but it wasn't fully satisfying and, and I was about to turn 30 and then I turned 30 and I was like, okay, well, uh, first of all, hate it feels when that like, happens? well, first of all, it feels like when you're turning 30 that like, oh my God, that's it. But you know, now I'm like, I look back and I'm like, I, I was so young. However, when you're doing it, you're like, okay, I've been out of college for X amount of years. I've, you know, I have a graduate degree. I've been working and you start to see people that are kind of like get, getting ahead of you. And you're like, how do I, how do I get that? And not like in a jealous way, but like I I'll do whatever I need to do, but like, mm -hmm. how do I put myself in a position where I can't even get it? And so, um, I, I had a friend who was nice enough to, um, to offer me, um, a chance to come and work at her company. And so I did, I was like, I hired, they hired me for like a seven week thing. I quit my job and I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this seven week thing back in recruiting. And I'm going to go, I'm going to, that's where I'm going to kind of like focus my career. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting from like the bottom, um, at 30, which was like very intimidating, but I was like, I got, you got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put my ego aside and I was like, I'm going to do it. And then that seven week thing turned into being five years. And I kind of worked my way up at that company, um, and ended up being like the director of HR and which, you know, not having any previous training in it and just kind of like learning on the job and working hard and, mm -hmm. you know, like it's we're hard work and, you know, some intelligence and some luck and relationships and just kind of like, I felt like I was earnestly trying to do the right thing and, you know, do the, do a good job and I was rewarded for it anyway. So then there was a, a, a startup that came along, um, somebody that I had worked with at this other company had referred me and they were looking for a head of, a head of HR, which was something that I had never done before. Like just kind of like being the head reporting to the CEO so I went, interviewed, got that job. And then that was really, I think, what set me off on the trajectory. I guess I was about, I was, I was, I was 34. I was about to turn 35, like a month later. I had just broken up with a boyfriend, a boyfriend of four years. Um, and this was like uh, the first time for, that I was kind of starting on this like journey of like really being an adult person on my own, no man, and like really just kind of like focusing on myself. And I think that's probably, for me, that's what did it. It was like taking all that energy and all that power that I had invested in a relationship and invested in men kind of all those years oh before God, I meant, and yeah. just inve reinvesting it in myself. And it actually like paid back, you know, in like it was an exponential return on my investment. And so, um, I mean, other things certainly suffered, but that was... Um, that was my kind of success, right? That's where I was doing well. And so, so I did that for a couple of years. And then because of that, um, I got a call from Netflix and went and interviewed there and got that job. And, and, and there my career just, you know, my career grew and took off there because Netflix kind of grew and took off. And so mm -hmm. my, I, I grew with it. And then, you know, me making my decision in the beginning of this year to, to kind of walk away from that, which was, we'll talk about that later, which was kind of crazy and insane in and of itself. Um, and then kind of finding this job at Headspace and um, having everything kind of fall back into place. So, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it, I don't, I, there's no, like, there was no magic answer, magic bullet. It was definitely a lot of manifestation and a lot of like looking back manifestation. I would look back and be like, oh yeah, I said this thing. I said I was going to do this thing. And I've, since I was a kid, I mean, when I was a kid, I would manifest things. Like I said, I'm going to go to school in New England when I was like 11. And I didn't even really quite know where New England was, but I think I read about <laughs> it in a book. Oh, I know. I think I saw Mystic Pizza and I was like, oh my God, that guy's really cute. I think that's like, I think I want to go like wherever that is. Do you remember Mystic Pizza? Of course, Julia Roberts, her hair. And I was like, oh my God, her hair, right? Which is like, I'm, I'm channeling. Yeah. Right I now. just call that yeah. movie like Julia Roberts hair because I don't think <laughs> anything else happened and I was like oh my god like mystic pizza that's where I want to go that's where I want to meet like a really kind of like blue-blooded you know American boy I was like that was my thing anyway and then and then I ended up going to college in Massachusetts and like realizing it later I'm like oh yeah I think I said this like a long time ago that I wanted to do this and then 
I said I wanted to kind of move to California and I had always said that I wanted to move to California even though I had never been to California I always wanted to move to LA and I wanted to move to LA because I, I grew up watching um, Three's Company which was super inappropriate now looking back <laughs> but, they, but I loved Three's Company and they lived in Westwood I don't know if you remember that. I they do yeah they lived in Westwood and they used to go to the Regal Beagle which apparently was in Santa Monica right obviously all this was on a soundstage but um yeah so I was and now I like live in Venice and, you know actually and the first place that I moved to when I moved to LA was hap- happenstance was actually in Westwood um so yeah so I always kind of said that and then look you know and then I made it and then somehow some way I made it happen I didn't make it my singular focus but I kind of said it and then it just kind of like over time worked towards it and then it happened and isn't that weird how that and it's so weird when you look back and you don't even know when you're living it yeah that something cool is happening yeah you're just like oh I'm just alive doing my day but then you look back and you're like oh my gosh that led to that which led to that and I was there at the right time and holy shit yeah it's crazy and I've had a few of them in the last few years so I would say in January I had my first like my my manifestation of like you know what I actually want like in my head I was like okay this is the kind of job that I want I want to be like running a department I want to be working for a company that's like that is like super doing super exciting things but also like you know, doing something kind of like important for the world and like something around health and wellness. Um, and I want to be like running a team. Like I had all these kind of things in my head, didn't write it down or anything, but I just like had this thought and then fast forward to like, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. Um, and then I also had this, um, for years I would been say, I had been saying like, I'd love to take a year off work and just, I had some friends that had kind of taken a year off and just traveled the world. And I'd love to take a year off or even six months. I'd love to take six months off work. Like I had fantasies about like learning five new languages, um, which didn't happen, but, um, <laughs> you think six, six months is not that long. It goes by fast, but I was like, Oh, I want six months off work, whatever. And then when I was, it was, I was, it was March and I was in Australia and, um, I had been offered the job headspace and I was saying to myself and I I was going to accept it but I didn't want to start until August and that would have given me like a full six and a half months off work and I I remember waking up like in the middle of the night in Australia and being like oh wait a second I think I this is what I said I said I wanted six months off work and I know I'm getting six months off Mm. like and and this house that we're sitting in right now you remember last year we went to our friend's birthday party down at her boyfriend's uh, beach house. Yeah. What was what month was that? I should ask her because I don't remember. But well, it was birthday. yeah, <laughs> it was her birthday. birthday. Yeah, I don't I know her birthday. Either, but it was less. It was way less than a year ago. Yeah, way less than a year ago. And so uh, I, we we went but we went down there and this this beach house was like incredible. And I was just like, how, I want a house like a block from the beach, you know, like I want a house on the beach. And I kept, I said it like a hundred times, Megan, like, Megan, I'm going to get a beach house. Like, I'm going to make it happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm like putting it out there. <laughs> you really did say that. That I'm getting uh-huh. a beach house. And he had like on the wall, it was such a crazy house. He had those like tap beers. He had beers oh on God, tap that you could insane. just go like, right. it, so, like- <laughs> and I was drinking that one beer that I didn't know was so strong. <gasps> Yeah, it was like, what's that it called? Was like 10% alcohol. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't know it was, I was just drinking it and drinking it, and I was so drunk, and I was like, Dolores, you are going to get a house on the beach. Yay, and we're like making the, his whole birthday just about off in us, our yeah. lawn chairs, <laughs> totally about ourselves. <laughs> it was his birthday. No, it was her no, it was birthday. It was her birthday. It was her birthday. Okay, um, yeah, so a year later, less yeah, than. Yeah, less than a year, and I remember you and I were talking about manifesting like a month or so ago, and I sent you this text because I was walking on the canals I was walking my dog and I was like oh shit I remember like being at Laura's boyfriend's house and saying that I was gonna get a beach house and like now I've got one but like I wasn't thinking that like when I was shopping for the beach like I wasn't yeah it all just kind of happened and then I look back and I'm like I said that this was gonna happen and so um damn you know so so it's uh yeah it's crazy how that so do you think that's the key it's like you get specific. Yeah. We made vision boards on this podcast, which have you ever made a vision board? Did I make you make one with we, me? We did that. <laughs> we did that one time. Um, and it's up in my closet, actually. In your I closet. How are we going to manifest if it's in your closet? I don't know. I thought I was supposed to put it away. Was that not the right thing? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I did tell you to do that because you're supposed to forget about it. Yeah. Um, when do I look at it again? Like, you could look at it now. I bet you'd have a bunch of stuff that was on it. But I, I make them just... I know I have, like, a butt. There's, like, this woman's butt. And <laughs> that's, like, one of the things that I know I have on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, obsessed with having, like... A, a bigger butt. butt? Not bigger. Just, like, I don't know. 
it, I mean, you have the perfect butt. No, I don't know. I just. I it's just it. something. I did actually have a dream about that last night. What? Yeah, I had like this amazing. <laughs> I, just realized that. I had some fucked up dreams last night. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and being like, that's brilliant. I can't believe I, that was a you dream. I it. thought of that. And I was just like, sh- like goosebumps. And now I have no, no idea. idea what it was. N- none. It was a no clue. Flash of brilliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flash of brilliance. Very gone. Um, since I had trouble buying batteries for 30 minutes <laughs> at the store today. Um, but do you think that's the key of it? You like, want something and then you just kind of you still have to be active you have to be doing life yes but you can't be obsessed you can't be obsessed because then you're trying to control how it comes and then it's never exactly in the form you expected it's not the way yeah because you don't even for me what always ends up happening is it's actually better than I could have even imagined. Mm-hmm. And so if I would have tried to control it, it actually wouldn't even have been as yeah. bad because I wouldn't have even imagined that it would happen mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. That's where I'm, I need to let go of some of the control right now because I've been trying to micromanage how my life is going to unfold. Yeah. And it's like chill, have yeah. a goal and let life happen and there'll be bumps along the way, but it's fine. And like I control things in other ways, obviously. Like you can look around and like I'm mm-hmm. completely everything is perfect. You mean the fact that your cups are space <laughs> inches? We're not even talking about my closet and the organ. Oh yeah, my it's, gosh! Yeah, it's beyond, but it helps me to be happy. And it's like, listen, your clothes have to be hung in, in the closet anyway, right? Yeah. Like they're gonna have to be hung anyway, so I may as well hang them. How by you color, want them? Right? Like why not? Like, Do you remember that one I, time I, I thought that your? Oh, sorry, but I thought that your dress was backwards hung in the closet and I was like Dolores you hang one you hung one of your dresses backwards because you hang them all the same exact Uh way and you were like what and you like came (laughs) squealing in the closet and then you're like no that's the front and you were like so relieved you thought you'd lost your mind (laughs) yeah I mean so it's like with those little things that I look at like listen I have to do this anyway I have to put my cups there anyway and my cabinets are exposed so I don't have like they're op- they're open cabinets, so you kind of want them to look half decent because everybody can see them. Um, so they have the cups have to be up there anyway. So why not have them easily? Like it's just as it's just as easy for me to have enough has have the same amount of space in between as it is to not. That's a good point. So so for that's me, that's actually like, a really good point. Control, but it's like those are the little things in life. But it's like the big things that I don't try to control because you 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 just can't. So it's like I get I get my little fix. I get my little control fix by you know, doing the little things in mm-hmm. my life that I can actually have control mm-hmm. over. And then the stuff that I don't, I just kind of like let it go. That's really smart. So then at work, you're not completely losing your shit. No. Wow. I have not thought of that yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Balance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just to sum up that part of your life, mm-hmm. when you were 30, you were like, let's go. Yes. Let's get a little bit. Yeah. You got to figure this out. We got to figure it out. Yeah. I want to be successful. Yes. And you let it happen. Yeah. And I didn't want to, we were just talking about this before we got, we got on about, you know, the me, the need to do it myself. You know, it was like, if I don't do it myself, then it doesn't count. Um, which now it's kind of silly. Cause it's like, who actually cares? Like what, it, like what difference does it make? But in my head, I was like, if I don't do it myself, then it doesn't count. And now I look at my friends who like, you know, married well and are chilling (laughs) (laughs) and you're like and I'm like "Mm." wait maybe they were actually smarter than I was (laughs) like they actually had it fucking figured out Mm. way before me but that just wasn't my path and so you know it's like I think women need to support one another like no matter what the decision is that they make you know so everybody has to make a sacrifice everybody has to compromise something's got to give right so um, for me, it's, that's it. That's what it's been. It's like, yeah, I was going to say like, it's because you would be the perfect mom. You would be the perfect wife, but it just hasn't been able it to happen yet, happen yet yeah. because well also, and I think men are intimidated of you. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, being successful at work in the, the industry that I'm in and in probably in most industries, like that are male dominated, you have to bring a lot of masculine energy. And so there's certain masculine traits that are rewarded. Like you have to be quick to make decisions. You have to be like, um, you know, it's just a lot of like, you have to speak up in the room. You, it, it, you have to, it's, it's a lot of like giving out and not receiving. Mm-hmm. So it's not always valued to be the listener or to be compassionate or, you know, like those things are super important, but they're not as valued in the workplace. Yeah. Right? And it's certainly not as you kind of like 
um, come up through the ranks. And so you have a lot of this masculine energy and then when you're, and that makes you really successful at work, which is why you see a lot of men who are married with kids and um, a lot of times, you know, not all the time, but m many of the married men that I, well, many of the men that I've worked with at the height, you know, kind of like further along in their careers are, most of them are married and, um, and most of their wives are, are at home. And the women, a lot of the women, um, some of them have families, but a, a, a good majority of them are, are single. And I think that is because, um, well, there's biology, but there's, I think, there is this kind of like masculine energy that you come you come at things with. So it's like I'm a problem solver. I'm like I will like I will help you to fix your like give me what you need and I'll help you solve your problem. But like when you're going on a date with somebody, like they don't want you to fix them. They don't want you to solve their problems. <laughs> they don't want you to put, give them like a framework on mm -hmm. how to think about like that is like not gonna get you anywhere. So but it's hard to turn it off. It's hard to be like this is what I'm doing like 10 hours a day if not more to make me successful and to make my voice heard. And then now I have to like switch off and be the receiver and be the listener and be like it's really hard to do right and not pretend that you're like I know how to oh here we can just do this you know because you you are one step ahead yes of, so it's so yeah. it's like I have to find somebody that's even more mm -hmm. like evolved in some ways than I am so that they can you know um that they can they can deal with it but I do have to dial it down too because it's like nobody wants to be around somebody that's always trying to like things you know I actually had a friend tell me that she knew how to cook right and she she's a successful woman and she's like you know when I first started dating my husband I had to pretend like I didn't know how to cook and he would teach he would I would let him teach me wow so that he could feel like he was sharing yeah, yeah. <laughs> sharing some knowledge well that's part of the problem with actors too is that like they don't have some basic maybe knowledge that other people do I think sometimes like they're very brilliant at what yeah, they do but then yeah. they're just like I'm like okay pack a box and Oof. it's just one cup and like a paper <laughs> towel and you're like oh that's okay yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so we have to we have to uh start dating different people yeah we'll have to start dating people in general that's need, the thing. I need to not date people for a while, yeah. but you need to start dating yeah. people. Yeah, I definitely do. It's been it's been a few years. It's been a little over three years since my boyfriend and I broke up. And then this the beginning of this year when I kind of you know quit my job and took my six and a half months journey journey and traveled around around the world. I actually didn't really want a boyfriend because I was like I don't want to find a boyfriend in L. A. and then be like oh now I gotta be right. in L. A. when I actually really just want to be traveling the world, you know. But now that I'm settled, I'm in this job I'm you know I'm in Venice I'm kind of like a little bit of in a routine and I'm, I'm kind of ready to be like okay okay just I'm like, here, a, like a partner yeah like someone yeah. to share your day yeah, with and for sure yeah I think I think it's also like my life is really full so like you know my life is super full I don't like necessarily like need a guy I mean I think the world is a, is a funny place now because, you know, women needed, you know, if we want to get like scientific about it, like women needed men to like protect them from like, cause they were yeah. you know, physically strong. Like yeah. they were like the hunter gatherers and we were like bearing children and you know, they needed, we need, but like now things are off, you know, for the most part equal. Um, and, and so there's not really the, that kind of need, like the provider need, but there's still like a need. Right. Yeah. And so, but my life is full. Like my days are full. Like I'm, you know, I work and I do my yoga and I see my friends and I'm like with my dog and I do like to be by myself and I'm like meditating and I'm, you know, taking my walks. And so like, I'm, I'm like, I'm busy, you know, I'm traveling. I do a lot of things. So it's not like, Oh, I like need a guy to like, past the time it's it's really like there there is there is something about like a shared experience yeah right and so not that it doesn't count if you're not with somebody but I do feel like sometimes like I'll be walking I'll be like walking Rudy at night and the sun will be setting and I like it's cool but it's like wow this would be nice to like be sharing with another person mm -hmm. to be like to it's almost like somebody to, to bear witness like yeah someone to bear witness to what it is that you're experiencing yeah and it's like a family holds a narrative together of life <laughs> you know like remember when this happened this the, yes. blah 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 blah, blah. Y yes. you know when yes. you're by yourself sometimes you're just like wait what yes. you know and again 
you've been by yourself for a while. I've been by myself for a while. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with getting married young and having a child when you're 18. um, If that's your life path, we're not judging. We're just discussing. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, shit. Okay. So if I had a, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to start being a mentor to this girl who's, um, who's 17. She's very lucky. And I was like, wow, well she could like easily be my child. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of terrifying. Um, do you want to have kids? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of in the abstract, right? Because I don't think it really, like, without a partner, no, but with the right person, yes. Yeah. So I'm not like, oh my God. I think Rudy has kind of satisfied the need to, like, take care of something. Rudy's her little dog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, baby. And so that has, like, satisfied a need of, like, needing to kind of care for something and, you know, look outside of myself. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's some women that they really want to want a child and, and they'll do it by themselves. And that's amazing. I don't know if I, I don't know that I could. Um, but I think if I was with the right person, I would, I just haven't, I haven't really met anybody yet that I'm like, yeah, I want to, yeah, let's have a child together. Will you tell them about the guy we met at Coachella? Wait, which guy, <laughs> which guy and which Coachella? Last Coachella. Yeah. Which one? Which part? The, the craziest <laughs> person on the planet. Okay. So like, well, how do you want me to tell the story? Okay. So we are walking mm-hmm. and Dolores. By the way, I was killing it at Coachella. Killing it. <laughs> just FYI. Killing it. I'm not sure why, but I just was. Yeah. Murdering. And, um, she's walking along and this guy almost like runs into a pole checking you out. And he looks like a Ken doll, which you, you like really handsome. Yeah, yeah men. I do. I like them to be to be extraordinarily pretty yeah um so he looks like your magic Ken doll and I'm like oh my gosh were you just checking out my friend and he's like I was actually he's British I can't even try I was actually checking out your friend but he had this like perfectly like he was raised in London so he has this like it's, it's just this like perfectly like formed English accent mm-hmm. you know and he had like like his hair probably had hairspray in it but it looked good you know what I mean? He he was like a real, yeah. looking back, he was a real prick. At the time, we just thought he was a real gorgeous guy. Right. Right. So, so we chat. We chat. I, I, I think I made you exchange numbers. You got his number. So I forgot my phone that I was mm-hmm. winning. I had like left my phone in the house. So I right. didn't have my phone with me the whole time. And, um, and so you got his number. Yeah. But because but he didn't know how to put like... He didn't understand how to put like an English phone number into a phone. So he like actually put it in there wrong. Right. And then you had to figure (laughs) out. (laughs) And then like later that night at like four in the morning, we had gotten home. Well, that was the night that we were like, oh, we were on like a rickshaw. It was like trains, planes, trains and automobiles trying to get back to the house. Yes. We finally make it back to the house. What did we take? We took something. Valium. We took a Valium. We were talking in bed, like (laughs) just like blah, blah, blah. We were talking about our lives. Dolores was telling me a very beautiful story about growing up and then uh, it was just over. We were both asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And we hadn't finished anything. So we had taken a Valium. We took showers because we were just like disgusting and like she was asleep and I was like in the bathroom after my shower and I was looking in her phone to try to figure out this number. So I like wrote down all the like possibilities that the number could be. <laughs> and then what I did because I'm fucking Sherlock Holmes, but then what I, did, I mean, I don't know, maybe I, I'm just resourceful and I actually like won't, I won't stop until I yes. figure it out. And so it's not really that hard, but anyway, so I, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on to whatsapp because mm-hmm. he probably has whatsapp because most people that like travel a lot use, we use whatsapp so i'm gonna i'm gonna go on to whatsapp and i'm gonna type in a couple of different numbers to figure this out and then what happens is if you put people in your contacts like so i, I what i what i did was i created different contacts with different numbers and then i went back into my whatsapp and looked at my contacts to see if who the would picture match. oh and if the picture would come up and there was one that made a match that actually was a WhatsApp number and it was his. And so I felt like I just won the lottery. And so I, 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 um, I, what's, I sent him a message and I was like, Hey, um, blah, 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 whatever. I, you put your number in wrong, but I figured it out and whatever. And so then he wrote me back. And so we were trying to see each other. We didn't see each other the next night. We were texting back and forth, trying to see each other the next night. And then the fo- the last night, Sunday night, we actually did end up meeting. We, we met up. And he was like, we were walking back to his house and he was like, oh my God, my mom is going to like oh, die for you. it 
Uh, I was like, like, you don't even need to do that, dude. Like, it's fine. Just be chill. And he was with like a bunch of professional lacrosse players or something, rugby players. And so they had a bunch of like 19 year old girls running around naked practically. But he was like all eyes on Dolores. Just like, yeah, total Total zoomed in. Yeah. Yeah. He was moving to New York. He was actually moving to New York. He did, first of all, he had the same, like, he does the same thing as me, like, industry-wise. Crazy. And, like, professional-wise, he does the same thing as me. Not industry, but profession, so, which was weird. And so did his, like, his dad and his stepmom, which is, like, so random. Because I remember when he said that, you're like, that's what Dolores does. <laughs> yeah. And so... so I was, love that I sound like, like, the child on the date just interjecting, <laughs> like, every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you were sitting on the ground too yeah he said that by the way so so we um we were at the house like you had left we're at the house like still like with his friends and he was just like moving to new york in like two weeks or something and you and i were both going to be in new york that same yep. time and i was like oh i'm going to be in new york too we were like planning on getting together in new york it was this whole thing and then the next day, you know, we drove back to L.A. And he, he drove back to L.A. too. He was staying in L.A. for a night, like, actually near my house. He, I ended up picking him up. He came over. We had dinner. We watched TV. We had, like, hanging out with Rudy. Like, it was, like, great. And then, It was like a relationship. Well, I mean, it was like... I mean, it was like you, you were you in had, a relationship. If you had, like, a, put a camera in my house that night and saw the interaction, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they've, they're, like, together. Or right. Whatever. Which, like, we weren't together, but, like, it was like we acted like we were right yeah it wasn't a relationship as in like we're in a relationship it was a relationship and like this was a night that seemed very natural exactly and so then we were like and then after that like I was going to New York and then a week after that I was going to London because I was starting my big big trip and it was like going to overlap with a night a couple nights that he was going to be there before he moved to New York anyway so there was going to be a couple more times like in the next four weeks that we were going to see each other so we were like cut we were texting back and forth a bunch, like whatever. And then I get to New York and I think I got there like a couple of days before him or something. And then he was like, I can't, he's like, am I going to get to see you? I can't wait to see you. And I was like, yeah, like we're going to see each other. So then I kind of started having this weird feeling. And my friend Lori actually had this weird feeling too. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to see this guy the, the night that we're in London. I'm going to see this guy. And she's like, I don't know if you're going to see him. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I just have a feeling. I'm like, Hmm. So we get to New York and and you're there as well and so he 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 like text I texted him the first day and I was like hey I think I'm not sure when you get in but I think you're getting in soon he's he's like oh I got in last night I have a couple things to do he was looking for an apartment he's like I got a couple things to do but like then I'm here all week and like I'm all yours whatever I was like great but I just had this weird feeling I was like something I just I don't know something's not right but then I was like oh Dolores you're just being paranoid you're just being paranoid and then, like, Sunday goes by, I don't hear from him. Monday goes by, I don't hear from him. Tuesday goes by, I don't hear from him. And I'm like, what? what's going on? And so I'm, like, asking Megan, what should I do? Should I text this guy? Like, like what What do you think's going on? And so she's like, yeah. And so we go, we're going back and forth on, like, what to text him. And I don't know what I came up with, but I came up with some snarky thing. Not Actually, it was, like, very well written and basically kind of, like, made him look like an idiot, but without, like but while be still being mature, basically saying like, hey dude, if you didn't, you know, if you don't want to see me, that's fine, but you could have at least said something. You could right. have at least like told me right. and been honest about it. But the funny part is, <laughs> so I was text, I texted this whole thing to him and he, by the way, never since, has never texted me back, has never written me. The last thing he wrote me was, I'm all yours. <laughs> that was the last thing he wrote me. And then, and the funny part about the text is I sent him this long text and the idiot has read receipts on his phone. Oh, perfect. Okay. So I know he read it oh. and he never, so it's not like, oh, he lost his phone because he was like posting on Instagram. He didn't lose his phone. So he just like completely disregarded it. Like why? Why? It just doesn't make any literally why do you think that women can have like that was the first my first experience with pure ghosting like that has never happened to me before like I think it's getting more common yeah like things have fallen off and like they naturally like wind down and like you know that's happened to me and I've done that to people you know but like pure just like I'm never responding out of nowhere that's never happened to me before um weird what was I gonna ask you oh yeah do you think women have to make a choice between career and love that's a big one that's the biggest one um let's get sex in the city (laughs) i don't know it depends on what you 
it depends on what the career is and it depends on what you mean by love. I think family is a big, you know, it's tough because like I said before about biology, like men cannot birth babies, Mm -hmm. right? Like as much equality as we like, you know, as we want in this life and as we deserve to have in the workplace and opportunity wise, like we are the ones that biologically have the babies, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you are a woman and you are in a, you know, heterosexual relationship with a man, like that, you are the one, unless you have some sort of surrogacy or, you know, unless you have some sort of other arrangement, like you're, you're the one out of the two of you Mm -hmm. that can have the children. And so like, there is a toll that it takes, you know, on, you, you know, like you, like on your body and there's your mind or emotions. Yeah, like and, yeah. And, and so yeah so you you have you you have this baby and then you know you're having this career and like you're supposed to go back to work in two months like it's it's you know and and even in the workplace like men women go on maternity leave for you know x amount of time like men don't really like it's not I don't know we just haven't really gotten there I think like fully as a society that like it that it really kind of gives equal treatment um where there is equal amounts of there has I think the answer is yes if there are equal amounts of participation at home and at work like if both people are making the same exact effort at home yeah. and the same exact effort at work then I think men and women can have it all but I think what happens oftentimes is that I am not a person that has children I am not I'm not but my assumption is what happens is that there is more than 50% of the work that falls on the women at home. And then they still have to put the same amount of Mm -hmm. work in at work. Right. And not get paid as much. (sighs) Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, will you take us to Spain for a minute? (laughs) Because you, okay. So I met you at Coachella. You were working at Netflix, 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 Netflix. That's what you were doing for a long time. And then suddenly you were just gone. You decided to pursue another life, life, a completely (laughs) different life, moved to a different part of town, everything. So you were telling me before we started recording that this all kind of began last year in Spain. Yes. Last August, I had gone away for two weeks. It was the first time I ever took a two week vacation. I was spent a week in Paris and then I um, was in Spain for a week. And I had different friends. I was turning 40 and I had different friends. I was like, listen, guys, I'm going to go away. I'm going to get some hotels and you guys can come and go as you please. This is where I'm going to be. Come join me. So I, my sister and my, another friend of mine came to Paris and then a couple different friends of mine came to Spain and we were in, were in Barcelona for a couple of days and then we went to Ibiza. And um, uh, so we get to Ibiza and my friend, my, my girlfriend and I had gotten to this fight, which I had it's been a long time since I got into a fight with a friend. We got into this fight and um, I got, was like so kind of amped up after this fight. And we get to this hotel, which was, by the way, this gorgeous hotel, like on a cliff of the Mediterranean. Like, I mean, it was just like ridiculous. It was this gorgeous place. But we were so angry at each other that I couldn't even enjoy it. And so I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I need to like move my body. I need to walk. I need to exercise. So I go into the gym and the gym is like this, like, you know, overlooking the, overlooking the sea. And I'm on this treadmill and like in front of this window with this gorgeous view. And, um, and so I'm just like walking really fast, walking really fast. And I'm like listening to music. And so, and so I remember in my head, I was just, you know how after you get into an argument with somebody or whatever, like you're in your head, you're having the, the argument oh, yeah. and you're having the argument. You're one, you're saying all the things that you should, you wish you would have said while you were in the argument, but then two, you're telling yourself all the reasons why you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're, 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 you're in there and you're like, I'm right because of this. And then she did this and then, Oh, by the way, and whatever. <laughs> so, so and PS. Yeah. I'm having this full conversation with myself in my head about why I'm right. And she's wrong. Okay. And then there was this moment where I was like, oh, shit. I turned 40 yesterday. So, like, half of my life, basically half of my life is over. If I'm lucky enough, if I lived 80, half of my life is over. So, what do I want to do with the next half of my life? Mm-hmm. And what do I want my, you know, what would I want people to say after, about me after I'm gone? Would I want people to say, you know what, she was really principled, or would I want people to say she was really forgiving? Mm. And I was like, 
I probably going to lean towards that she was really forgiving. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've always been super stuck in my principles and it's always kind of not gotten me in trouble, but like it's held me back in some ways because I'm like, but it's the principle, you know? Um, and I'm always like, I have to do it the right way. And, and, and so anyway, so, so I, I had this, I was like, that was my thought. Okay. Half my life's over. What do I want people to say about me when I'm gone? And then who do I want to be? this next half of my life. Mm. The first half of my life, I've basically lived in fear. And the second half of my life, I want to live in openness and forgiveness. And so then I was like, okay, then I need to start forgiving all these things. And so, you know, I'm like walking, (laughs) breathing heavy. And there's like people kind of like walking by. Nobody's in the gym because we're fucking a beast. Yeah, because who would be? Yeah. The gym. (laughs) Oh my God, Dolores. Okay. So, so I'm like, and then, and then um, I go, okay. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to, if I'm going to forgive, so I got to start with this thing. So I'm going to forgive her. I'm going to just forgive it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to go back to the beginning. So I literally went. You like put yourself through AA from on a every, treadmill. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 12 steps. I went from every single thing that had happened to me in my life that I needed to forgive. It was mm. like, I went, I mean, way back. Right. And at every stage, like my mom dying, like, you know, my brothers and my sister and my sister-in-law and blah, blah, blah. And then I had a boyfriend that died and then this happened and then that happened. And then, you know, all the quote unquote people that wronged me or things that wronged me or whatever, if that's the way you, you know, kind of want to look at it. And I went through every single one. And then, um, and by the way, I'm bawling at this mm. point, like walking real fast on the <laughs> overlooking the Mediterranean bawling. And I didn't even care. And so, and then it was like, and then I just got to the point where I finished it all and I got all the way back up to that day and I said, okay, well, I just have to forgive life. Like, I just have to, like, that's the, that's the main thing. You just have to forgive life. And then it felt like somebody cut a hole on the top of my head and then somewhere kind of in the stratosphere, there was like a vacuum cleaner that like sucked out all of the what, and just like got rid of like all the stuff. And I felt like, you know, 500 pounds lighter and it was just like oh that's what it feels like when you forgive it and you're not holding on to it and you're not creating a story and you're not like you know you think you you don't know who you are without the story Mm -hmm. right and um it's really it's terrifying but it's really liberating to let go of the story and to let go of all the things and um so you like had a moment of pure enlightenment on a treadmill on a treadmill in Ibiza yeah yeah that was, and that was the beginning. And so then it was like, you know, then I, that was, that was in August and I went back to, I went back to work. So I had a few, few more months at work and I was like, then I went to Tulum over New Year's, um, which was a magically spiritual place. And that was really the final decision of like, okay, this is not, this is not what I want my, my life to be. My life was kind of dominated by work and it was like, okay, this is not, this is not what I want to be doing. It's not what I want my life to be. And so, um, and so I left and kind of took a leap into the, the, the straight the up unknown. unknown. <laughs> yeah. The complete unknown. Which is like, so not you. I know, but it was amazing. And so it is, it isn't me and it is me all at the same time. Exactly. Like it's, I have this weird. It's, you're exactly right. It, what, it didn't surprise me. Yeah. But yeah. Rationally, I was right. just like, "Whoa, that's that's so crazy cool." Yeah, because people don't do that kind of like most people don't no. do that stuff. And you know what I felt like? I was like, I don't want to be a cliche. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be that person where I'm like, "Oh my god, now I have all this money and I have all this success and I have all this," but I'm still not happy and I need more and I need more and I need yeah. more. And that was what was happening is because you know then you're around people who have more and they want more and then you want more and then everybody just keeps wanting more and more and more and more and more. And then I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be 45 and I'm still gonna be single and I'm gonna be have a lot more money and I'm gonna you know and I'm just like, is that really what I want to do? And right. for me, it was like, no, actually, that's not what I want to do. Um, you know, cause you can't, like, you can't take it with you when you go. And like, you got to kind of even enjoy it while you're here. And I wasn't even enjoying it. I was just like wanting more. Whoa. Right? So you just took yourself off the I t- I hamster pulled the wheel. Plug. I pulled the plug on the treadmill. On the matrix. Then, yeah. I pulled my plug and I pulled the plug and then I kind of, you know, for a while there, I like, I'd hit my head and then I like 
chipped a tooth, you know, because I was just like, whoa, I'm used to like running really fast. And now all of a sudden I kind of like have to sit with myself for the next. You literally hit months. your head and chipped your. No, no like, okay. this was like a figure. This wasn't the actual treadmill in Ibiza. This was the figure <laughs> treadmill back in LA when I made the decision Got um, that I, that I did and just kind of like, yeah. And just said, okay, I'm going to. Not I'm, the I'm abstract gonna, treadmill, the real yeah, treadmill, yeah, yeah. but there's still like. <clears throat> something to be said for success and obviously you're still living in abundance yes. and that's important yes. like that's okay it's just when it reaches the point of like abundance for the sake of more abundance and no one's well, happy actually, I don't even look at that as abundance I actually look at that as scarcity really so, like when I like one of the things that I wrote I wrote a bunch of things down of the of the kind of person that I, I'm looking for and it's also the kind of person that I want to be and one of those things is living in abundance and not scarcity because when you're living and you have like all the things that you could possibly have all the material like I think it was like the Native Americans felt like it was a, a form of mental like that being rich was like a form of mental illness because you like they didn't really like the the under they didn't really understand like why do you need so like a, a human being doesn't need yeah. all of the thing like I'm looking around you like I don't need any of this stuff right and so when you think you need more and you and you're like comparing and comparing and comparing and I need more I need more that is scarcity yeah. because you never have enough yeah but you could live you know with a very few things in um, in like in complete modesty, but live in abundance because you, 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 whatever is inside of you, like that's enough, not the external. So, so for me, it was like, I'm actually going to start living in abundance and not concentrate on these kind of like external things, which is easy to say when you have them. Right. So that's, that's the, that's really the mind fuck of it all is because you know, anybody listening is like, well, yeah, that's easy to say when you have it. But like, even though, you know, it's like when you're a kid, like your parents will tell you, make sure you do this thing. And you're like, what do you know? And then you get older, you're like, ah, oh, they were right. Right. But like, it's almost like you hear about these people that are like, oh, they have so much or like the rich kids that are like, you know, total fuck ups right. or the celebrity kids that like, you know, and then they, they like, and you're just like, how could you do that? Because you don't realize like when you are in that, if you don't actually, if you're not centered as a person and you're not like living in the present and all you're worried about is like having more and more and more. Because even when you think enough is going to be enough, like even when you're like, oh, if I made this or if I had that, that would be enough. Well, guess what? When you get that, you have a new baseline and mm -hmm. now you want more. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you become like this kind of cliche of like being really like empty, you know? Right. Do you think it's OK to want like to hit things and want more if it's an alignment? Yes. more yeah. yeah if there's balance right for sure like there's nothing wrong with having right. all the stuffs because I still have all I actually have more of the stuffs now than I even had then <laughs> the which stuffs. is ironic <laughs> I have more of the stuffs now than I had then but it doesn't I'm not attached to it you're like a whole different person than you were a year ago yeah it's I feel it it's eerie and you were always amazing but now you are like you're like a little yogi yeah <laughs> you're, you're like the little Venice yogi <laughs> What is, if you could go back in time 10 years. Okay. So you would be almost my age. I'm a little bit older uh -huh. than that. I'm 33. What would you tell yourself? What's the, what's the key? Hmm. Okay. 31 year old Dolores. What was she doing? She was living in a studio apartment in West, West LA um, working at an ad agency. I think I had a boyfriend. Um, what would I tell myself? I mean, I was pretty happy back then, but I, I guess I would say like, don't worry. Mm. Um, everything, you know, it's all going to happen. Like yeah. just let it go. That's it's what Oprah says. Yeah. Oprah says, chill out. Yeah. Just it's all, all going to happen. Don't worry. It's all going to happen. Right. It's all going to happen the way that it's supposed to. And like, I know that intuitively. And that's, I think, you know, why I go back and I was talking about this earlier, like why I go back and forth with the man thing, because for me, that's one thing that has just like, that's my thing that I've just never been like successful alluding with. you. Yeah. Yeah. And so is it like, I've tried all the things I've tried to care. I've tried to work hard at it. I've tried to not care. I've tried to let it go. I've tried to like say it and set it out there. Like I've tried all of the things that everybody tells you to try and do or not try and do. And it still hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. So like maybe if I think about the 10 years from now, Dolores, like hopefully that person would be sitting here wanting to tell this per Dolores yeah. to say like, 
It's chill fine. out. It's going to happen. And by the way, it's going to happen way better than if you would have tried to control yeah. it and everything's going to be fine. You know, it's so weird how there's just little parts of life that are like our problem spots. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like everybody has one. Yeah. Or many and or many. Yeah. yeah I've certainly covered many, um, in my time, but, uh, and it, it goes beyond manifesting. And I think that's when like therapy and stuff, you know, when you have to remove the blocks, yes. it's not just all fun and games, sure. sticking shit on your vision board, Sure, but, uh, you can do it and you have made so many strides towards finding the right re- relationship. And I am so lucky to have met you because you have taught me to like leave dudes all the time if they're not what you want. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, why stay in any situation? Yeah, like if it's not bringing I, I, out the best in you. I mean, but I was. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we all have, right? Yeah. But I think that's what I've learned too. It's like I've done it, and you just like it gets. You just get it. I have less time now. Yeah. So like when I was twenty, it didn't matter because I was like, oh, oh that's why. Right? And, I think that's and why now I'm like, oh, I'm not twenty younger. anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, I gotta like move it along. <laughs> Let's get this bus moving. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um. What other questions do we have for you? I mean, there's just, you're like a wealth of knowledge, so you have to come on all the time. But tell us anything else you have on your heart about well, manifestation yeah. or magic or... Yeah, I mean, listen, I I have, since I was like a small child I remember sitting in my living room and meditating and probably being about five years old and asking myself like why did I come here like why did I come to this family like why am I here at this at this point like I knew that I was something that was beyond like my material self right I knew that I had been somewhere before and you know and I've we could talk next time about all my past life regressions. Oh my um, gosh wait to give us a hint of one. Yeah yeah you know yeah so I <laughs> it was listen whether it's true or not and who knows what anything is true but it there it was really therapeutic for me to kind of go back and do these past life regressions and experience being a person you know that was not who this person is um but still be me right mm. still be the thing that's inside of me that gives me animation that gives me life you know the thing that goes away when the body you know the thing that goes somewhere when the body is you know empty of it hit. right yeah. so so there's so whatever that is was has been other places and so um or is all happening at the same time right mm-hmm. um and that's why it kind of feels that's why sometimes it feels really weird but yeah i you know i i i always felt like oh this person I've known in a past life or this person I have and then when you actually experience it and you see different people come in as different players in that life and the things that happen to you in that life and they how they carry over and you don't know how they carry over so sometimes you can meet somebody and you feel like something's not right or you feel like a strong one way or the other like for me when I had these these past life regression experiences it was like oh that's because that was our experience before or that's been our experience four mm. or five times and we're carrying it over and so it's just kind of like you know working on working on and working on your kind of your karmic debt you know yeah. your own personal karmic debt um and so, there's no easy way out of that shit no you gotta you can't ignore it. it you just gotta do yeah, it you just gotta kind of do it so so anyway for me so um my my I don't even know where I was starting with this but my um I've, I've always kind of known, yeah, that there was, there was something in there kind of beyond my power and, um, also within my power, which is everything's a paradox. Yeah, exactly. Everything's a paradox. And, and, and there are things that happen to me all day long. Same with you. One, because we're super aware Two because we're hopefully operating at like a higher vibration. Right. Um, and so I was <laughs> sending my friend the other week, which we were going to go to, we were going to go to some fest, some street fair. She's like, I can't be around all those low vibration people. And I'm like, it's true. It sucks the life out of you. Mm. Right. When people are just like refusing to wake up or yeah. pretending to be asleep or mm-hmm. whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, and, and so it's distracted it's by a, shit. Yeah. Distracted it's a lot by of, their inner monologue or something. Yeah. It's a lot of work to be awake. Like yeah. It's a really, and I'm not fully there, but it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It mm-hmm. doesn't come easy and it's terrifying, but I think because you have a, a level of, even if you're li- like, even listening to this, you have a level of awareness that is probably more so than most yes. people. And so I think things start to happen to you and you start to become 
aware and recognize patterns and recognize co- quote unquote coincidences and see the synergies and all of the all of the energy that you put out there it, it all kind of like it's it's comes back right and so um I've always been I've always just been aware of that and I think that's I think hopefully that's why I have like an like an abundant life now is because of knowing that you know you have to put that out there and it doesn't I don't know it, it's it's such a like complicated formula it is a paradox too it's like caring and not caring yeah. at the same it's so many layers of stuff that trying and not trying mm-hmm. like yeah. wanting it but not forcing it and it, it's a delicate balance which but I think the key and the hardest hardest part of all of it is to be happy with the present and that's really what the meditation is and that's what you know it's like mm-hmm. it is the work is being happy with the present and suffering is wanting your life to be different than it is yeah right and so anytime you want your life to be different than it is it's suffering and so it's just about accepting you know you can still want to have like progress like it's not like we're not wanting to have progress it's not turn stopping to turn off like evolution of your soul yeah, yeah. It, but it is just being if you're if you're worried about yesterday and worried about tomorrow and it's the simplest thing like it sounds so silly but it is the hardest thing to do which is like really just being present and I think that's why for me like having Rudy has been such a blessing because he is just fully like he ain't worried about yesterday mm-hmm. and he's definitely not worried about tomorrow like mm-hmm. he is just fully in the present yeah and um, and like I aspire to be more I like aspire Rudy. Aspire to be more like Rudy. Yeah. 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 I think that I had something really important to say five seconds ago, but then I got so excited about Rudy that I totally <laughs> forgot. Um, P.S. You guys, Rudy is my boyfriend. Um, oh my God. Also, P.S. I took Finn, my cat, to the vet yesterday. And they were like, okay, we need to get a bladder, like a urine sample from her. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and Finn is like the bitchiest, grumpiest little cat ever. And I was like, okay, how do you do that? And they're like, we're going to hold her upside down and insert a needle <laughs> into her belly and pull the urine out. And I started laughing and I was like, no, how are you really going to do it? And they're like, no, that's how we do it. So then I had to leave, like I had no choice, you know, and they're like, it's really not as bad as it sounds. So I'm up at the front, like, waiting. So you're not in the room when they're No, oh, my God. No, no, they would never let me do that because, you know, you would freak out. But so I'm paying at the front desk, and this woman comes out, and her arms are so scratched up. And she goes, that cat. And then she sees me, and she's like, is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah. I bet she's a real. Yeah, she's a real hoot back there. A real hoot. I bet. She's just Richard prior <laughs> bring you to death wow. but yeah she's she is in her own like she she's has her own, own language but she teaches me yeah. you know and I was like she's so scared and the vet was like she's I can't believe you think she's scared he was like she's not scared she has to be in control and I was like whoa because I think we mimic our pets you know and I've always labeled myself as so scared and blah 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 and I'm like I think I'm just projecting yeah I I think it's more like a control thing which I haven't let oh, myself right, right, right. be right and so I'm like ah oh, me and Fen we're on this journey and your pets teach you so much and you hear that and then you get there and you're like oh that's not possible like before Rudy I didn't even like dogs like I had hypnotherapy which we could talk about later but I had hypnotherapy when I went from like not liking dogs and not understanding why people had dogs and not wanting to go into people's houses if they had dogs to being in six months to being like a full dog lover, dog whisperer. Did dog you owner. get hip- hip- I got hypnotherapy but mm-hmm. about dogs? Yes. Why? Because you were dating somebody who had a dog or no, something? No, because I had this like, it was debilitating. I had like this debilitate. I couldn't even walk Runyon Canyon because there were dogs. Oh my gosh. Were yeah. you scared of them? Yeah. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. I see. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like dogs and men. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of those Seriously. are actually yeah, scary. I have like, a, like, I would be afraid that they're going to bite me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, like, I don't want to get too close to you because I have them by the back of my head that you're going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just kind of was always like, well, then I'm just not going to be bothered. Ooh. <laughs> Dolores. There's a lot. There's, There's a, a lot. lot. There's a lot of layers. And will you come on like every month? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. This was Well, the- let's see how people like, like if they actually. They're going to die. Shit. Yeah. They're going to love it. Um, I love you. Hopefully you don't get a lot of thumbs down ratings. 
None. Okay. None. Um, are you on social media? You have Instagram. I do. I have an Insta. Do it's you want to give it? Yeah. Um, how do I, what do I say? Just the, how to spell it? Yeah. It's not Dolores, but so it's N-O-T-D-E-L-O-R-I-S. So basically people spell my name, like they spell it wrong all the time. So like I was being funny and saying not that, but my first Instagram is not Dolores with an ES at the end, but I don't have access to that anymore because I don't know, I changed my password and Instagram like won't let me back in. And so it's just this dead account that's like sitting out there that like they will, I haven't touched it in a bunch of years, but so don't follow that chick because I don't have access to that. I mean, you can follow that, but they're not going to post anything. So it's <laughs> N-O-T-D-E-L-O-R-I-S. Not that's Dolores. Yeah. Okay. And you can uh, follow me at Sweet Valley High, H-I. Make sure to um, subscribe to Superficial Magic and listen to Adderall and Compliments as much as you can and give us five stars and as Annabelle always says rate us five stars like an Uber driver who didn't talk to you and I will be here next week with you guys and Dolores will be here next month I'm making her we love her and I love all of you guys and I'll talk to you soon bye this is what you gotta do ain't no treadmill no 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 ain't no bicycle no no thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.